Hi, here is Esther Perky, international book writing expert and author. I help women to overcome the fear of writing and publishing their books. And I'm so excited to have Diana Parra from Arizona with me. She is a certified neuroencoding specialist and high performance coach, Amazon best-selling author and speaker. Drawing on her personal experiences of loss and her training in psychology and neuroencoding, she helps women who feel stuck and unable to move forward in life because they feel like a failure or unworthy. Many of her clients have experienced some type of loss or life transitions, which has left them unclear about who they are and what they really want in life. Her clients gain the self-confidence and personal power that allows them to release the past and embrace a life they love. Diana is the founder and CEO of Diana Para International and Across Leadership International and the author of Leading with a Broken Heart, Finding Gold in Our Darkest Moments. Welcome to the show, dear Diana. Thank you, Esther. Thank you so much for having me. So let's start with the first question. What has been your turning moment in your life, Diana? Oh, the turning moment in my life um, was the fact that I experienced four miscarriages. So um, that was a pivotal point in my life. Um, as you can imagine, <clears throat> everything came crashing down. Uh, my vision and idea of motherhood was gone. The fact that I was told, you know, the doctors couldn't find anything, you, you know, wrong. They, they tested both myself and my husband and um, they came back with, it's their unexplained, you know, pregnancy loss. It's an unexplained pregnancy loss. We don't know. This happens sometimes. And um, you can continue to try and you may have a viable pregnancy at some point. Um, but I chose at that point after four miscarriages, I could just could not bring myself um, to go through that again, emotionally, physically, I was just exhausted. Um, and so, yeah, so that's kind of the, the pivotal point in my life. Sorry to hear that, Diana. And thank you thank for you. sharing it here. And then how did you develop your courage? You have now four children, right? Uh, I have three, three, three adopted three. children. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So after the, um, you know, my husband and I had decided that we early on that we were, we would have biological children and adopt. So, you know, the one option was gone. So we went ahead. And with our second, you know, uh, plan, and we adopted three beautiful children. Um, so we went from zero to three in one day because they're siblings, <laughs> so the sibling group. And uh, they were three, five, and seven. <clears throat> and needless to say that, um, as exciting as that was, and, and as as beautiful and and you know a joyful moment, um, there came a lot of challenges with that uh, <laughs> because of because of their history and their past experiences, you know, early on. So um, that compounded with my own grief that I was still processing and my own trauma. And so it, it got to a point where it was, I felt so bad that I just, I didn't know how to like, how to deal with the pain, 
how to be the best mom for my children, how to be the best wife, how to be the best me. And so I, it, it, there came a point where I just, I didn't want to be here anymore. And something stopped me. Um, I always say that I, I heard a voice. It was kind of like hearing a voice that said, um, your time isn't over. Like you're not, you know, you, you've got to hang on and you've got to keep going. So I picked up the phone and I made an appointment and I started therapy right away. And I went through bereavement counseling and then eventually also <clears throat> what's called EMDR, which is a type of therapy to process uh, trauma. And it, it was kind of like one day at a time, one step at a time. I just knew that I needed to get myself out of that. Like I was like in a hole and I needed to pull myself out of there so that I could be there for my children. And I, I kept thinking, um, you know, the, the best way that I can honor the babies that I lost was to be the best mom that I could for my current children, you know? And so um, I just started doing the work and I started with that, with therapy. And then eventually I found personal development and I fell in love with it. And I just started working on myself, you know, um, every day, every year, and just kind of processing things and, and learning new um, strategies, learning more about myself, developing a really close relationship with myself and getting to know myself. And I think that's the key, you know? Um, and so, yeah, and, and that's kind of, I started just moving forward from there and, and facing fears and, you know, yeah. Hmm. Thank you for sharing. So if you think back the Diana, how many years ago when you had them? It's about um, 14 um, years, something yeah. like that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, when you see your young, younger self then, what, what was... What was so difficult for yourself to, to feel worthy? Why was it difficult to feel worthy? Um, I, I think it's, I, I don't know. I, I believe, I have training in psychology too. So, so it, I think it's a lot of things, but I think it, it really starts as, you know, there's probably a moment in our childhood when something happens or somebody says something. Um, you know, not intending to, to hurt us or any, in any way, um, especially a parent or they behave a certain way. And we as children, because we don't know any better, we don't have those skills, we don't have the maturity to really process and, you know, we take it, we make it about ourselves. You know, <clears throat> it's something we did. I must've done something wrong. That's why, you know, mom's upset or that's why dad left or that's whatever the situation is, whatever the story is. And then, you know, our brain will start looking for more evidence of that, right? If we start to believe, okay, I'm not worthy, then our brain will start scanning for more evidence of that. And any other experience that you have that's even close to that, you will immediately then interpret it as, see, there's more evidence, I'm not worthy. And then you start adding, you know, then you start adding more beliefs about yourself and, and and uh, compounding that. And I think that's what happened with me. And it was saying, I mean, it was, you know, from the, the fact that like my first love broke up with me and we, we had a, a long relationship and, and I really thought, okay, we're going to get married. And, you know, the whole thing, like that's, I had, a, you know, you're young. So you have this whole vision of your life, like, okay, we're going to get married. We're going to have kids and life is just going to be perfect. Right. <laughs> and, um, and that didn't happen. 
you know? And so the, that was the first time that my heart was broken. And, and like, it was, it was hard because I didn't see it coming, you know, I didn't see it coming. And so it was kind of like, what, what just happened? What do you mean? You know? So then, you know, years later, I have that this experience of, you know, the miscarriages. And so it's, it added to like another layer. And now it's like, okay, we'll see. I'm not worthy. You know, I'm not lovable. I'm not worthy. I'm not, you know, not even worthy to be a mom. And then when we, you know, adopted our children, because of the challenges, there were attachment issues, especially with the oldest one. And she rejected me, you know? And she would sabotage like my relationship with the other ones. And so it's like, okay, see, there's, there's more evidence that I'm not supposed to be a mom. Like I'm not good enough to be a mom. And it's not, nobody ever told me that, you know, nobody ever said, Diana, you're not good enough to be a mom. It's just the way that we interpret events that happen or experiences and the story that we attach to it, you know, and then we just start believing that's what it is. And we start looking, or like I said, our brain will start looking for more evidence of that because we're focused on, you know, that particular thing. So that's kind of, uh, that's, mm. that's my, that was my experience. Yeah. Yeah. I can very much relate to, to you, what you, you're saying. And because I always felt like a failure when I didn't, I had my my kids at 40 and for, 41 and 43 so it's <laughs> very late mm -hmm. but when I had them I felt I'm a failure because I can't cope with them and I wasn't um, I was exhausted um, so yeah feeling like a failure that that was my my motto my how do you say it my it always came up in different episodes in my life. So I mm -hmm. can really relate to that. Yeah. And, and I think also with, with motherhood in particular, for us women, there's so much pressure, right? To, and we get so many messages, external messages, like you have to be the perfect mom. And this is what the perfect mom looks like. And, you know, and the image you see is like this, this, you know, woman who's like, she's happy all the time and her kids are perfect. And, everybody's you know always well dressed and the house <clears throat> looks amazing and 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 it's just like you know and that's not realistic and um i totally understand what you what you're saying because i i too felt that way with my kids like well why isn't it happening the way that it's supposed to happen like in my mind it's like it's supposed to be this way why isn't it happening this way why is it that for me being a mom it's so different you know, from them, from everyone else's experience, or at least what I thought, you know, because you only see the external. Um, and, and why is it so hard for me? And see, there's just more evidence. I'm not supposed to be, do I wasn't supposed to be a mom. Otherwise this would be easy, you know? And, and we put a lot of pressure on ourselves too, like to, to, you know, we want to be there for our children. We want to love them. And there's no manual. There's no book that tells you how to do it. You just kind of have to do it. And, you know, and then you feel bad because I'm like, you're like, oh my God, did I, was that the right thing to do? Did I, you know, did I hurt my child in some way? Did I, you know, cause some damage in some way? And, and we start doubting ourselves. And then we also get, I, I, I agree. I, um, 
relate with what you said because there were times when I felt um, like so exhausted. I'm like, I can't do this. And, and why am I doing this? And, and um, you know, and then you feel guilty for feeling that way. And then you're like, oh my God, I'm a terrible mom. I must be a terrible mother because a good mom wouldn't have those thoughts. But the truth is, you know, moms get exhausted. Moms need breaks. Moms get angry. Moms sometimes yell. Moms sometimes are like, you know what? I love you, but I need a little break. So I'm going to go, you know, whatever. I'm going to, you know, go take a nap or, you know, some moms I hear like hide in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And in my case, um, when I was pregnant with the second one, my father was so furious, kind of. He was really angry with me because he felt I'm already exhausted with one. Why should I have another one? And then when I was in, um, in a clinic to, to heal from depression and um, exhaustion, then he came and he said, you chose your life like that. So no compassion at all. And yeah, it's hard. Yeah. Very hard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's in those moments where we need we need the support and we need you know people to understand and be compassionate and um, and sometimes we don't get that you know sometimes we don't get that and then that I think that adds to those feelings of like I'm not even worthy of someone feeling compassion towards me you know. Mm. But fortunately, there's psychology and there are coaches, <laughs> so. You started now coaching others, other women. And what's the, when women come to you and tell their story, where do you start working with them? Because, I mean, when you start at the beginning, at the very beginning, it's, I, I remember it's, it's hard. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, um, <clears throat> I love, I love to listen. And because I, I have a, a, not that you need the, the training in psychology to be a good listener, but I happen to be a trained listener basically because of my, um, I was a therapy in a previous life, um, a therapist. So <clears throat> I always listen. I ask them, you know, what their cha what challenges they're facing, right? What's bringing them to, to me, to coach, what they're looking to get out of the coaching. And then I just listen. And, and I think that's, that's one of the most important things. And one of the most beautiful things that we can do for another human being, whether it's in a coaching relationship or not, just in general, is just to listen and to really practice that active listening where we're present with them. We're not making it about ourselves. We're not thinking about, oh yeah, well that happened to her. Well, let me tell you what happened to me, you know, which was worse because that happens. I see that a lot, but instead just giving them that presence and listening to them and their story and what they have to say and, and, and just, um, you know, reflecting back to them, the fact that you've, you've heard them. And from there, it just goes on to, you know, I'll ask questions. And um, I always say that that's that my husband tells me that all the time. And, and my kids too, they're like, how do you like, how did you like 
pick that up. Like when that, per- and I'm like, I don't know it. I think it's my gift. I really think it's, it's like listening, that type of like deep listening. is just really one of my gifts. Um, and I love to listen to people, you know, and it tells me a lot about, you know, their psychology, how they're feeling, what they're thinking. Um, my kids laugh because they're like, mom, we just, we can't lie to you because you, we could put in a straight face and somehow like you, and I'm like, because I'm not just listening to your words. I'm reading like your body language. I'm reading your, like even your micro expressions. And it's not something that I got training in, quite honestly, Esther. It's just, it is a gift. It just comes naturally to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, but to go back to your question, um, I think that's the, the main, the most important thing is just listening to them and then asking questions, you know, asking and going deeper and helping them to, because a lot of times we, I mean, I've been, I'm, I've been in coaching myself. I am in coaching. I work with a coach and it's like, it's those questions that were asked that help us to like, you're like, oh, well, I never thought about that. Or mm, let me think about that. And then you're like, oh, okay, well, here's, here's what I think. And I, I thought I, I felt this, or I thought that I um, believe this, but really what's under that, underneath that is this other thing. So it's just helping them to go deeper, guiding them through that process, listening to them, being present with them, being there for them, and, and just holding space for them. And, um, and I think that's, that's, um, that's the most important um, you know, aspect of in, in coaching, at least for me anyway. Mm, beautiful, Diana. And what's the question you're asking yourself from time to time, or maybe also daily or... <laughs> monthly uh, that I ask myself yes um I, what I've learned recently is to ask myself this question um how can I make today a better day <laughs> you know and just carry that throughout the day no matter what happens you know you start your day off and, and everything's going well and then something happens and now you're in a you're sad or you're in a bad mood or you're stressed And then I try to stop myself. I'm like, okay, how can I make today, starting from now, this moment, a better day? (laughs) And it works. It works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Because then your focus shifts to like something positive, like how, and also it's empowering because it's like, okay, I can't, I have some control. I have choices that I can make. It's not just life happening to me. And I I have no, you know, I'm just here and, and things are happening and I have no control. Um, instead it's a more empowering thought of like, okay, well, what can I do to make it a better day? It can be anything as simple as, you know what, I'm going to go make myself a cup of tea because that's going to make me feel better right now. (laughs) Or I'm going to go take, you know, a 10, 15 minute nap, or I'm going to listen to a song that I really enjoy that, you know, lifts my mood, anything, (laughs) go for a walk. I love this, Diana. What I recently heard is what's, my intention so to ask whenever I start something so whenever I do something I ask myself what's my intention with this or that and it's it's amazing it's it gives completely different results because in the last few weeks I told myself I want to be more playful for example so my intention is to be playful and um Wherever I adopt this uh, approach, it becomes playful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. 
but in the past there were i asked myself a lot of questions with dead ends <laughs> do you know that as well what do you mean like what kind of questions questions where questions which don't uh, go anywhere which are just wrong questions yeah so for example i was always asking myself why is it happening all the time to me or why can't i figure out this or that why me <laughs> yep yep i'm i i completely understand i used to ask myself the same questions too same questions like why why me why is this happening to me why can't i have the things that i want you know um what's wrong with me yeah yeah so it's beautiful to ask questions but you need to ask the right questions to get absolutely. good answers <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah what yeah. are other things you you teach your clients to um one of the things that i i teach my clients and that's <clears throat> with the neuroencoding um uh, process is to really become aware of um so it's, it's our thoughts, right? Our thoughts become our emotions, our feelings. Our feelings become our actions. And then our actions become our outcome or what we create, what we get. <clears throat> so it's really teaching them that process of become very aware of what you're thinking. We have to start there. That's where, where is, where is your focus going? What are your thoughts about what you're focusing on, right? Because that's going to really dictate everything else, your emotions, your actions, and then your end result. So if we become aware with, uh, of our thoughts and we can, and we're having some, you know, we're focusing on something negative and having something, um, having negative thoughts, let's shift that to something positive because then the same is true, right? That positive thought becomes a positive feeling, a positive action, and then a better um, outcome. So it's always keeping that in mind <clears throat> as we go through the day, as we make decisions, as we, it's like, okay, what am I focusing on right now? You know, kind of, I mean, I do it all the time. I stop myself and, and every time, you know, as time goes by, I get better and better at it where I catch myself almost like immediately. And I'm like, okay, what am I thinking? You know, what am I focusing on? What are my thoughts? And what am I, how am I feeling? And sometimes it's like, I'm feeling a certain way. And then I go back. I'm like, wait, I'm feeling this way. What am I focusing on? What are my thoughts? And then, you know what I mean? And then I can, okay, well, let me start over. <laughs> so I think that's a really, um, a powerful tool and strategy because it helps us to kind of, um, you know, dictate and direct where we want to go. Beautiful. I love that. <laughs> uh, I didn't do uh, neuroencoding, but I, I just started also with being very aware what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. and, and then I, I realized what was going on in my head about two, three, maybe now three years ago. I was had this negative self-talk in my head all the time. And then I really paid attention to it. 
a whole day. And I was, I was so sad at the, at the, in the evening that the way I was talking to myself, I wasn't aware of that. So yes, it's powerful too. Yeah, yeah. And, and I love that because sometimes I do ask my clients, <clears throat> well, I want you for one day to like journal, write down about, you know, the, your thoughts, your feelings so that they can see it, right? Because sometimes we don't see it unless, um, uh, just because somebody says, well, you're probably focusing on negative things and they're like, well, yeah, but you know, you're, you're in it. And so you can't really see it. But if, if you write it down, <clears throat> um, then you become, then you look at the page and you're like, what did I write down? And it's there, you know? <laughs> yeah. And what wonderful shifts <laughs> do you experience with your clients? Mm -hmm. Just, you know, the fact that they start to see themselves in a different way, <clears throat> in a different light, they start to um, have a relationship with themselves, because a lot of times they're, you know, we're disconnected from ourselves, right? And when we start to, when they start to develop that connection with themselves, it's more like, then they start to understand that they are more powerful than they thought they were. <clears throat> they are stronger than they thought they were. They have um, what they what what they need to get to where they want to go. You know, and they start developing that self trust, which is so important. They start to trust themselves. Start to trust the choices they're making, um, and they they feel better about themselves. They're empowered. You know, they start to believe they can have the things that they want. They can build that life that they desire. Um, and it's just, it's, you know, it, it brings me so much joy because, you know, it's, it's a lot of times when I start to work with my clients, <clears throat> they are where I was many years ago. And so I always feel like, oh, I know, I know where you, where you can go because I've done it. So I know like you have it, you have what it takes. You can do this. You just need the support and the guidance. <clears throat> so it's, it's, it's just beautiful, you know, it brings me so much joy when, when, you know, we, then we start having these conversations they're like, oh, but you know, oh yeah, well, I'm doing this and, and I'm, I feel great because I was able to do that. And, and I feel, you know, I don't feel that way about myself anymore. And, and they start to really believe in themselves, you know, and, and going back to the worthiness piece to believe that they are worthy. They're worthy of having the life that they desire. Mm. Beautiful. Sometimes I think it's so sad how many people live on this planet and don't feel worthy. Don't you think so as well sometimes? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And I think, I'll, I don't know, I, I think that a lot of the problems on, you know, in our world are, are because of that, you know, because we're, you know, a lot of people, we're walking around feeling unworthy. And so you know, if you, if you don't believe you're worthy yourself as a human being or worthy of having love or having, you know, a, a beautiful family, uh, a beautiful business to have abundance, then you can't possibly believe that other people are worthy of that. You know, so I always tell my clients, just like, you know, it's like love, like you can't really fully love someone else until you fully love yourself. Right. Or you can look, you can also look at it as like, you can only love another as much as you love yourself, mm -hmm. you know? 
I love that. Beautiful. <clears throat> so, Diana, where can people reach you? Um, the best way to reach me is on Facebook, you know, Diana Para. And, um, and yeah, I also, I have a book um, on Amazon and it's uh, um, Leading with a Broken Heart, Finding Gold in Our Darkest Moments. And that book is really about my journey in some of the, the things that I've spoke about and some other challenges that I fa have faced um, and how I led myself through those and, and what I've learned. And, um, and yeah, and I share that in that book. Beautiful. So to finish up, three truths you would love to share with the audience. What would it be? What would it be? Um, <clears throat> the first one would be that you are enough. The second one would be that you are loved. And the third one would be that your story, your life matters. Mm. Thank you so much. That has been beautiful. Thank you, Thank Diana. You. And thank you, Esther. <laughs>